0: We're on Easy Street, and it feels so sweet, cause the world is but a treat, when you're on Easy Street, and we're breaking out the good champagne, we're sitting pretty on the gravy train, and when we sing every sweet sweet it's right here on Easy Street, it's our moment in the sun. Street. yeah we got a front row seat oh, like that can't be beat. right here on Easy Street
1: Oh yeah ladies and gentlemen welcome to films of Fury I am your host Sergeant Fury as always behind the microphone and tonight I am beyond excited to be talking about the subject matter that we have on the slate right now. But as always, I have to mention that you can download Films of Fury with Sergeant Fury on Anchor.fm, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your fine-ass podcasts. I can say right now, unequivocally, Episode 7 is going to be the highlight of my podcasting career so far because I have on the horn right now two gentlemen who are extremely huge fans of the subject matter we got on tonight as well as two men that i respect professionally in the world of pro wrestling i have refereed their matches i have commentated their matches and i have gotten my ass whipped by them on more occasions than i'd like to remember uh i'm just gonna say absolutely phenomenal talents not just East Coast, West Coast, all over the world. I will put this tag team over any day of the week, twice on Sunday. I wouldn't be surprised if they're invading the worlds of Ring of Honor and NXT television. Uh, you've probably seen at least one of these gentlemen uh, in the ring with future Hall of Famers and current Hall of Famers. Ladies and gentlemen, I have Eric Eminon and the Project Thomas Brewington, the Indie Card Mafia, on here tonight. Gentlemen, welcome to the show.
0: What up, fam? Honestly, you probably uh, care to uh, don't care to remember that because you know the concussions. <laughs> uh, <yeah.
2: laughs> and, and, what an and, intro, though! Thank you so much. You're welcome. And
1: sadly enough, the concussions weren't from you guys. So other uh, <laughs> other other than, <laughs>
2: than V, which is weird because we care about you, so we probably hit you a lot harder than we hit other people.
1: You know, I must I must talk about this. Uh, we've only wrestled twice. Um, once mm-hmm. was literally for for a ten minute time limit draw, which was phenomenal. And then the other match was for five minutes and it was only five minute time limit, which was weird. But one of my two favorite moments that I, I have out of those matches would be I am grabbing Eric Eminon at the time, had a, a phenomenal beard. And I was just like, Your beard is so smooth, and you can hear him scream, why thank you. And the you watch the match back, and that is all that you could hear. And then you just see the front row dying. And the other one is uh, Tom Brewington comes in with a, a phenomenal boot to the face. And I did not have gum in my mouth. He knocked the saliva out of my mouth and it hit Walt Ball <laughs> at the announce table. And Walt just looks at it, looks down, and you just see Tyana's face look over at him like, you just got covered in fiora juice. It's like, oh, it was... <laughs>
2: My favorite part of that match uh, was Vigo almost knocking me out with a shoot elbow to the forehead. Oh yeah, favorite, favorite. It was it was either that or when I ripped Dan's shoe off, through his kick pad, and chucked it at the stage.
0: <laughs> and the best, that was mine. And the best, that was another I, I, another good. One.
1: You can go back in fact I will post this on the the Films of Fury uh P- Facebook page I will I have this match the funniest part is is that um there is a fan who visibly got pissed off in the front row because I would not put my shoe back on. I'm like, dude, I only have like a minute left of this match. I'm not fucking reaching down. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry for continuity purposes. Go fuck yourself, pal. Like I can't do this tonight, Um, (laughs) you know? And, and honestly, like to, to, to tell you guys, one of my favorite matches uh on the independence, actually two, two involved these gentlemen. Uh one involved Eric Eminon versus uh Mikey every night in a in a singles match at OSPW. Oh, wow. And then the second actually was uh a match I called at OSPW. I believe it was was it, Wrestlefest it was
0: Russell Fest twelve. Fest. Fest
1: was was I it was a thirty five minute match. It was it started off as a tag team title match between two teams. And then uh, you guys we cashed in. in. It was it was the fallen.
0: Wasn't it was it? the fallen and the sons of fortune. Yes, uh, I cashed in our tag team title match that I won, uh, being part of the final four of the OSPW Rumble, and then it was us versus the sons of fortune again. So yeah, that was that was fun. And
1: and it was it was a 35 minute match um i i if you guys have this please share it with me and and share the the crowd because it was right before intermission the crowd after intermission they were done because they literally watched <laughs> 35 minutes of of these teams busting their asses to give and and didn't the fallen like do their rematch clause right after you guys won that right after match we won yep so you literally got you know, three phenomenal matches on the biggest card of the year with three of the best tag teams in in western New York. and it was just a beautiful, beautiful storytelling. Uh, and And I commentated it, and it it was it was brutal to watch because you guys could tell you were laying it in and you guys were all balls to the walls and like, congratulations. Like, I don't think you guys hear it very much from, you know, you hear it from the fans being like, Holy fuck. That was a great match. But it's like, you know, the boys are always like, yeah, that was good. You, you should have done this. It's like that. That was picture perfect. that if, if, Thank Dave, you. if Dave Meltzer were here right now, other than getting a black eye from me for being Dave Meltzer, he would agree that it was a five-star match.
0: So, yeah, it was like
2: three and a half at best. All right, well, <laughs> hey man, I gotta say that was probably one of my proudest booking moments of all time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because that, that was, was
1: that was from the mind of you, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, it was. It was. You know what? It was. It was quite literally a blind squirrel finding a nut. And uh, like, hey man, everyone gets one. You know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you're good for at least one a year, right? Oh, yeah, geez. at least one a year.
2: I got it. But yeah, that was that was a. Uh, they said that they wanted us to go out there and lose and do all this stuff. And I was like, I guarantee you that I could make all of this make sense, have a better result at fans leaving happy instead of having fans leave confused. And uh, I essentially put my foot down about certain things and said that I refused to do certain things a certain way. And which came a shove and it went my way and, I came to the back, and the guy who told me it wouldn't be a good idea didn't say anything to me for the rest of the show. And everyone else was like, "Holy shit! I can't believe that worked." And I was like, "Well, when you stop thinking like uh, Mark and you start thinking like what the fans would want to see, like it's really, it's really quite simple, you know."
0: <laughs> and the fans. I wonder where you learned that from.
2: Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it definitely wasn't in any den of sorts. Oh, shit. Shots, shots fired on
1: Films of Fury. I'm going to get an angry Facebook message later. Um, Man, fuck that. <laughs> well, it's the only way people get told to go fuck themselves is anonymously on Facebook. I mean, that's the, way that, that, that's the way it goes these days. Um, Now, guys, uh, where can we see you in the coming weeks, the coming months? And uh for any promoters that want to get a hold of you, and I'm I'm telling you right now, you want to book this team. I don't care where you are that get these guys on your card. They are absolutely fucking amazing. Uh, where are you guys going to be coming up soon?
2: You want to go Eric, we- Or yeah, yeah. 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 Actually, I pulled up the calendar for this. I was actually prepared for this for once. Oh, fuck. Uh, we are actually right? are debuting for a new company on the fourth. We have this weekend off. Thankfully, uh, I, I get some time to, you know, get some R and R and enjoy my little brother getting married tomorrow. Uh, well, tomorrow, Saturday. So That's twice. Um, I'm pretty. That's twice you've done that. <laughs> I know. I've, I've been. I I thought all day Tuesday was Monday, and then yesterday was Thursday, and today is Friday in my mind. I don't know why I skipped like the middle of the week, but um, yeah, my brother's getting married Saturday, so I have this weekend off. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Somehow, I'm still gonna end up with a microphone in my hand. That's awesome. Uh. And then August 4th, we are uh, debuting in Pawtucket, Rhode Island for Outside the Box Wrestling. It is also their debut show, so um, it's going to be cool to be part of something like that. Um, Then the next two weekends after that, we're in Toledo, Ohio for uh, Northwest Ohio Wrestling, which is going to be a blast. new place for us to uh, to showcase our talents. Well, a new venue, I should say. Not a new place for us, but a new venue for the company to showcase their talents. Um, and show really what Northwest Ohio wrestling is all about and what it, what it really can be. So, um, I mean, that's it for us for August. Then September is it's when it's really loaded up. Um, you'll, you'll see us both in Brockport. Well, you see me in Brockport um, for IWF on September 7th. I'm actually going to be by myself September 8th in Toledo, Ohio, for uh, Northwest Ohio wrestling. Tommy, you're going to be some sort of special September 8th.
0: September eighth, I will be in Old Bridge, New Jersey, for Dropkick Depression: Born to Fight Two, and I will be in a six-man scramble match, my second scramble match for that promotion. And uh, it's it's very near and dear to my heart. It's run by uh, my good friend Tara Calloway, who, like myself, fights with anxiety and depression. And uh, all proceeds, all all you know, monetary coming in, goes to the American mm-hmm. Foundation for Suicide mm-hmm. Prevention. And it's, it's a really good cause, and I'm glad to be a part of their second ever show. I was part of the first show, and I, I really hope that we uh, that we double the crowd we had last time, and we were able to, to spread our message more.
2: And uh, You know, I I honestly, it's probably one of the places that I've wanted to go for a minute, but we I, never, I always end up being booked somewhere else that day. So I'm kind of sad that I can't be there, but I'll be there in spirit. I'm really excited for you to be there again, because like I said, like you said, uh, it, it's it's caused it's very close to your heart. Um, and then the week after that, hey, guess what, Tommy?
0: You're I don't know. There's there's some weird there's some weird booking there. I don't know. I have to wear a suit. The
2: this devil and the devil and his uh his demon are uh being married. Thomas Brunton and Mirage. I'm really excited to be there and not drink and just watch everyone else get. And yet somehow drink, you so still fun. end up um, with a microphone. Right. Somehow I still end up with a microphone. It's not even my event. Uh, and then after that, we—I uh, uh, think oh, Tommy's making the trip up to me for this one. Uh, September twenty-second will be my second time at Pro Wrestling Takeover in Gorham, Maine. I actually just debuted yep. there, um, and I yep. almost killed a man with a baseball bat. So,
0: ironically enough, as we segue into this episode, I know it <laughs> a wonderful segue.
1: It, it is it is a wonderful segue because that is it, it. I got a nice little message with a photo this week. Uh, of you beautifully staring at Christine with your your loving gaze. And you were like, people said I looked like you. Because I also come to the ring with a beautiful barbed wire baseball bat, which, like Tommy and, and Eric both said, is a beautiful segue to the topic at hand, The Walking Dead. Season nine predictions. Now we are barely a week removed from the San Diego Comic Con 2018. So much news coming out, but news about this season really broke um, way ahead of time. About a month ago, it was leaked that this was Andrew Lincoln's last season. Uh, yeah, the, the main character, the guy, the the guy you were introduced to in the opening. Uh, few seconds of the first episode of Walking Dead in 2010 is stepping away from the series and a lot of fans were were shocked Uh, I know that ironically enough you guys were at Alexandria and Woodbury about two weeks before filming began Um, Mm -hmm. and and after it got announced I think all fans were kind of stunned do you guys think that it's it kind of came out of nowhere. Is this the first time you can remember where a main character of any series was just like this far into it and was like, "Yeah, I'm done." I mean, with the exception, I, I think the only one that comes to mind is George Clooney in ER. Um, George, yeah. Clooney, George Clooney decided, you know, he wanted to give a shot at film again. Got you know very successful on you know NBC's ER, walked away, and, and 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 then he fucking ruined Batman. Uh, him and Joel Schumacher, but it's like, can, can you really think of any actor who's this far into a series who was like, "No, I'm, I'm done." Like it's, it's shocking.
0: Oh, Michael J. Fox in Spin City. Uh, I don't really think that was his choice. I think it was a <laughs> really bad shakeup. Oh, wow. And um, casting. There's ladies, ladies and gentlemen, too much. No,
1: just, just wow. so everyone is well aware, this is going to be the most highly offensive episode of *Films of Fury*, and I am going to get at least eight angry tweets about this later. Um, oh,
0: but, you have no idea. <laughs> but, uh,
1: but like, I, I, yeah, it, it, it's shocking that, especially on the biggest show on cable, you have the main characters just like, yeah, I'm done. And even in the comic books, he's he's still around. The comic books, he's, it's, it's always we we lost Carl the last season. <laughs> And I think fans were were kind of like, well, what the fuck? We all thought that he was going to be the the one piece that survived, and it kind of, you know, was...
2: yeah, I I, I I see what you're saying. And my my thing is that you know, looking in retrospect, when was the last time you really saw a TV show like this go nine seasons? Um, you you think of Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy was seven seasons. Breaking Bad was five seasons. So. Um, to, to, to be this far along nine seasons nine seasons of storytelling uh that some would argue has been stagnant at times but has has given us some of our uh, our greatest moments in television uh, in some of our highest watched episodes you know um I, if i'm not mistaken didn't the season premiere with negan draw more than the super bowl almost like i, I know it was up there but like it, it
1: it it was extremely high you're absolutely right the 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 season uh, 7 premiere was the high as far as i know one of the highest in television history but then uh people would argue that the graphic uh depiction of the death of a oh, spoilers uh the death of of abraham and glenn and the the over bearing character of Negan brought the series down you would have people like comicbook.com and, and others report that it would almost be best just to kill the show off because after two seasons of, of Negan kind of fondsing the show and taking mm-hmm. it over uh you know it's not the same as it was but one could argue that since season three um since the governor there hasn't been a villain I mean, it, the, there really hasn't.
2: I
0: mean, you not have a the not, def, not a defining
2: villain. Yeah, the governor was somebody who literally took an entire area and group of people by the balls and was for like Negan is all about saving. You know, with the saviors, it's the whole story. You know, we don't we don't kill people, we save them. Um, and, and you know, he does commit murder, but more so to show people what he's capable of not to just murder, where the governor was just batshit crazy. I mean, the guy held his zombie daughter in a cage just to keep her. And I know it was like, it's his zombie daughter to the governor was like Lucille to Negan. It was that little bit of his past that he was holding to to remind him of who he still was. And, you know, it's arguable that the death of his daughter uh, was kind of what sent him into this controlling craze of there's going to be a cure, there's going to be a cure, there's going to be a cure, I can fix her, I can fix her, I can fix her. Um, But I think you're right. I don't think we've we've really seen anybody like the governor since the governor. And then when Negan comes along and more or less drops the hammer (laughs) uh, on the whole cast, that's really, I think, what set up that whole shock value of it, was this guy is bad. And... I think the problem was, is it was so graphic, so many people complained that I think there was a lot of stuff that may have ended up on the cutting room floor that would have been more violent, would have been more aggressive and not just this kind of uh, whitewashed character of Negan that became stagnant. I remember a lot of people complaining uh, at the mid-season finale of season seven about how boring it was and how boring everything was. And how all the way through season seven, that was everyone's complaint. Oh, I want more Negan! How come nothing's like episode one? Well, so many com- people complained, and were are asking for it to be taken off of TV after that. That like had to ha- like it, it was one way or the other. It was it was either it was too much or it wasn't enough. Nobody was really happy with that medium.
0: And 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 I think I think the thing with that is not everybody realized that it was a transi- uh, transitional season. Mm-hmm. Well, it had to be. Well,
1: transitional in, in what way, Tom?
0: Transitional in, in just a shift of power, a shift of dynamic, where you see one story ending and another story beginning and starting to build. And I think they didn't want to give everybody the entire nut at first, and nobody understood that. Everybody craved more right away. That's, that's not proper storytelling. That's not proper story building.
1: And, and you can look at this from the perspective that, that we three, when we're in wrestling locker rooms and we talk to wrestling fans— one of the things that we hear constantly is this romanticized uh, belief that the Attitude Era was the, the best era of professional wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm old enough, I hate to say this, to remember, you know, the, the 80s and, and, you know, the big rush of Hulkamania and then Warrior and that lull time in the mid 90s. And then when the Attitude Era hit, you know, you had three major companies in the United States that were going out of their way. To, to provide so much weekly content between uh, mm-hmm. WWF at the time, WCW and ECW that if you go back and and you watch it, and I know people are going to be like, well, that's that's rose colored twenty twenty vision. For every good storyline you had, you had May Young's hand, and oh, I, yeah. you know, for yeah. e- for every for every really for every Brian Pillman wearing a dress storyline you had perry saturn and Moppy. you know what i mean it's like and you hear wrestling fans be like i wish that it would go back to the attitude era but what people don't realize is and and i believe the negan character introduced this in the first episode of of season seven was you know, y- you unload this giant character that literally just fucking mutilates two of your favorite uh, uh, characters, Abraham and and Glenn, with a with a baseball bat, and they showed it graphically, like you mentioned. What's next? You know, it's it. They yeah. It, it was where do you go? It was a very good buildup, but then you know he. He obviously, uh, you know, he did other things and and was more of a vicious character and more of a mindfuck character later on in the season. But you're right. It's like when you when you're done putting someone through 15 tables and lighting someone on fire and hitting them with a barbed wire, two by four barbed wire baseball bat in in certain people's cases. It's like, where do you go from there? Um, You need to have that that change in storyline and that change of dynamic. I think season seven, you know, leading up to the end of season six. Rick was the man And then yeah, they, they yeah absolutely and I think
2: everyone The problem was is everyone kind of got sick of Rick Always finding a solution And bringing Negan in You know having him walk out hey, So first of all Stephen Ogg showing up Can can I just say Stephen Ogg was As Simon was one of my favorite Characters of The Walking Dead Just because when he walked out and you saw his mustache And you heard the voice you saw the hairline You were like Mark <laughs> let's go, Trevor Phillips. All right, let's see what let's see what wild shit he does. And like then Negan comes out, and you're like, all right, Jeffrey D. Morgan, let's go, let's see what's going on. And when they ended, like I I remember reading the theories on the Eni Me miny, mo and oh well, he was counting this way and he was counting that way. I, I uh, leading up until the the premiere where it actually happened, and everyone was like, oh, it's gonna be Glenn, it's gonna be Glenn because of the fact of the comic books, you know, continuity. And boom, he points at Abraham. They show Abraham's face in that rush of Oh my God, it's not Glenn. He hits him, suck my nuts. He hits him again. He hits him again. Daryl tries to attack them. And then he's like, You're gonna pay for it. And that's when we get Glenn. And it was just that that crazy swerve that none of us saw coming. And I was just I remember sitting there just going, What the fuck just happened? There's literally been two moments in television history where I have literally looked at the TV and gone, what the fuck has happened? Spoiler alert, it was when Opie got killed in the prison in Sons of Anarchy. When he said, I got this. And then he just looks at Jax Teller and gets cracked in the back of the head with a left pipe. I cried. I fucking cried. I felt so much emotion from that scene and to that character that I cried. I cried angry tears. I got up and I remember walking around my living room uh, with my wife sitting there going, are you okay? And I said, I want to just fucking fight someone right now. Like I was so angry. But then he called me. The only (laughs) other time that like I had ever felt that way was that scene. And then when when Negan came and showed up and he, he told everybody, this is my town now. This is my country. I am the man. I have a bat. I have hair on my nuts and I'm going to hit anyone who doesn't agree with me. And I was like, let's go. And and you're absolutely right
1: like when you look at Jeffrey Dean Morgan's portrayal of the Negan character, if if you're a fan of The Watchmen like me, the comedian and Negan are similar in that mm-hmm. the ends justify the means. Uh if I have to burn down this village to get you to to realize that I'm the fucking man, then I'm going to do it. Similar to Negan where but Negan is precise where he's like I'm going to pick one of you. I'm and many would argue that, you know, in the season 6 finale, Abraham basically bowed up to Negan and was like kill me. You know he, you know when Negan was walking by and he kind of perked up and he gave the look. It was like that was the last gasp of of Sergeant Abraham for going mm-hmm. out there and just being like, you know what, don't fucking kill these guys. Suck my ass, do fucking me. Just do me because these guys can deal without me. What you don't realize is is that Abraham was was as much the right hand man of Rick. As as Glenn was, you know, Glenn was really his his right hand man in the first beginnings. But Abraham mm-hmm. became that that guard dog, that Rottweiler, that big fucking stocky dude that's just like, you know, mother dick. And Absolutely. Then, and then when you had this shift of power, I honestly don't feel that fans knew how to react, which is why I think and we discussed this uh, about viewership. Uh, people are so concerned with viewership in season eight, but what people don't realize is, is that the show has been going on for now going into nine seasons and we'll get to season nine in a little bit, but just like with any medium cable television is, has changed. Viewership has changed. You know, the Nielsen ratings, which are, are, you know, the statistics can be fudged however you want. People like saying season eight was the lowest, uh, rated season, yada, yada. But in 2010, how prevalent was Netflix, how prevalent was Hulu, how prevalent were on-demand services? You, you had some, don't get me wrong, they were there. Uh, PlayStation Network, you had all of these things were kind of there. Uh, I don't think people necessarily were not watching the show, but on Sunday nights, you have football but you know that on monday afternoon you can go back and you know you can dvr the walking dead and i don't mm-hmm. think that people were taking that into consideration i don't think the negan character or the dynamic really changed the ratings that much i think we've all changed our viewing habits i mean we all we binge watch now i mean uh, orange is the new black is coming out uh pretty soon and okay. you know we've got uh, iron fist season 2 and we've got punisher season 2 while on netflix it's like every week Netflix is releasing yeah. all this extreme content. Absolutely. And and add on to that, you know, us being wrestling fans, you know, you've got New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling World, you've got the WWE Network, our, our dispensing fucking content right and left. It's you know, you can't plug yourself into this matrix of of information. And at times, I mean, we all have lives, we all have kids, we all have significant others and whatnot. You know, we don't get a chance to to, to spend time with them as it is when we do. Do we really want to spend it Trying to absorb ourselves in a show that's going to be emotionally draining, or we just wait to watch that shit when we're you know on the treadmill the next
0: day. See, absolutely, uh, another. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, Go ahead. No, I,
2: like yeah. for uh, on your on your viewing, as you were saying. Sorry. Um, it was it's something where me and my wife, thankfully, my wife loves watching shows like this with me. And I remember because we we didn't start watching The Walking Dead until about four seasons in, and I binge watched on Netflix seasons one through four. And then I literally jumped right into it on TV and it became a point where I would spend my first half an hour watching, you know, whatever was on. And then I would jump into the TV show. So I could fast forward through the commercial. So by the time I was caught up, I was in the last 10 minutes of the episode and it was just right on time. And then boom, talking dead right afterwards with Chris Hardwick. Thank God he's back. Oh, we'll get um, to that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just, it so, It's something where I wasn't watching immediately, but I'm DVRing it just to make sure that I'm going to be able to watch this as uninterrupted as humanly possible. Thankfully, with things like you said, Netflix, I could binge watch all of season two of Luke Cage. You know, getting to watch everything, the breakdown with Bushmaster, all that stuff, like just it's uninterrupted. You know, uh, there's so many shows on Netflix now that. Uh, That are that are Netflix originals or Netflix exclusives where they get to the end of the episode. They don't say we'll see you next week. No, it's your next episode will start in a few seconds. That's exactly what the person on the television says in the show. The host. You're still watching. Yeah, right. (laughs) But, you know, it's 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 just I wish more television would be like that you know we want it now and I'm, I'm willing to wait for a story you know i'm willing to wait a full year for a full season i'm willing to wait six months for a full season you know uh with netflix pumping out content like you said luke cage uh iron fist jessica jones the defenders all of that stuff that they're pumping out it's not that far few and far between i mean luke cage is what eight nine months it couldn't have been that long oh no um
1: I, I mean, and and that's the other thing, and we'll get to Tommy in a second. Uh, especially with we're 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 focalizing, you know, we're we're focusing on the the Marvel Netflix universe. You have to think every two and a half, three months, we've got another twelve, thirteen episode series coming out. I mean, Jessica An Jones. hour at a time. Yeah, Jessica Jones was I think March or April. Luke Cage was June. Iron Fist is September. The Punisher is November or December, and then Daredevil is at the beginning of next <laughs> year. Like or like February, March time frame because they want to get that out before uh, Avengers 4 comes out. So you're absolutely right. Now, now, Tommy, what were you going to to add to the the mix a few minutes ago?
0: Well, I think another thing that has to do with the rating system is, remember, the seasons now are split. So are they taking the, the average of both half seasons into consideration or are they just taking a half season at a time? And that's where I think, the whole lowest rated thing is coming from because honestly in my opinion i've seen her you know i've i've read you know x amount of of viewership ratings for a half season of the walking dead and i guarantee you if you put both half seasons together it's the same as before they started doing split seasons so i i don't fully understand where they come from as far as it being the lowest rated I, I highly doubt that. I just think it's it's a buzzword. It's something to to draw attention to the series, you know, positive or negative, is something to get people talking.
1: And it's it's almost modern clickbait. Like for for an example, uh a month ago, uh I, I know we all were, were were popping when we saw it, uh Fox Network just got uh Smackdown Live Uh, Starting in October of 2019 for a billion dollars, which is is unheard of. You have to think like that's a five year deal. That's, you know, two hundred million dollars a season, 52 episodes and raw got the same. And then the following week. You had all these reports. Smackdown at its lowest ratings in history. It's like, oh define history here. Like, did you go back to the lull times when you know it was gonna get canceled? Or is it in recent history? Are you comparing it to a year ago, two years ago? Like, you know, you you see these headlines and then you click on it and you find out it's like, oh, it's only this month's history. It's like, guys, you have to remember a two point five is still a two point five. I mean, even that I, you can argue all day that the Nielsen ratings of the Monday Night Wars were not accurate. You have to think some of us had were were channel flipping and, you know, <laughs> ratings predicated on quarter hours were all sorts of, of fudged up. And then you have people who had two TVs going so they could just like turn their heads back and forth. You're right. Absolutely. And And I do believe that there are those people out there that I don't believe the ratings were necessarily terrible because it's still the number one show on cable it's Mm -hmm. gone for for now nine seasons and to get back to something that we mentioned earlier there's only one show in recent times that is still going that has reached this number that is even in a similar vein and that would be supernatural on cw Um, Speaking
0: of Jeffrey Dean Morgan,
1: (laughs) speaking of Jeffrey Dean Morgan and a baseball bat, hi dad. You know, it's like, (laughs) and it's like, it's like you you look at that show and it's like, well, and then there are these people who are like, well, it's the CW. It's like the CW has some fucking phenomenal shows, and you don't last past ten seasons. I think they're what eleven or twelve now.
0: Uh, this is 13.
1: 13 fucking 13 fucking seasons and still going strong and still rocking it at San Diego Comic-Con. And I mean, even today I brought my tattoo artist, uh, the, the, the hot topic uh, chase of baby and Sam, the, the ride, you know what I mean? It's like you, you have these Funko pops and shit, which are awesome. And we can get into that later, but you have these, <laughs> you have these shows which garner This big attention and go on for 13 seasons like Walking Dead's going into nine and it's going into nine with a completely different universe than it's in the comics, Uh, especially considering that, according to the rumor mill you heard, Eric, uh, Rick is gone after five or six episodes like he's doing he's doing a lorry in the prison and they're getting rid of get a, they're like bye bitch you know go home to your family we're gonna fucking kill you and at comic-con he looked like regular him he didn't have any kind of beer like in the promo photos that we've seen with with the capitol building behind him he didn't look like that he looked yeah. like he looked like you know uh carl did after it was like oh yeah carl's dead and then he comes back with a fucking haircut like he's edge at the hall of fame
0: right so now my, another my, thing i'm sorry no go ahead tony uh, one one thing that I did read, one thing that I did hear was that there's supposed to be a time jump yeah. this season. So yeah. maybe maybe that has something to do with it.
2: So the big time jump thing, is, uh, the the whole story about the time jump is um, so spoiler alert you know what fuck that if you're listening to this you're listening because you want to hear about season 9 you've already watched season 8 so fuck you if you're caring about spoilers I don't um, even
1: I don't even have to tell people to go fuck themselves on my show I have people to do it for me this is fucking great um, so
2: uh, the time jump is happening after Rick slits Negan's throat and then is like we'll save him like no fuck you like you, you should have let him die but you know I understand why you saved him he's better he's better as he's a better story alive than he is dead you know, and so for him to to be essentially put in a jail cell, which you see in the the season nine trailer teaser, uh, Negan's in a jail cell. Uh, he's sitting in a jail cell, literally to rot and be an example that this is a new world. This is how we are going to do shit. We are going to get back on track. We are going to take back what's ours. I'm done with the savers. I let's let's make an actual world. where we'll trade, we will make things better. Obviously. In this world, nothing ever goes right. You know, that's shown in the trailer. But we do see a uh, a different looking Negan. We see a more gray Rick. Um, but at the same point in time, the argument is, what happens to Negan? Because I don't know if anybody has followed Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Instagram. His beard, his big puffy beard he had, shaved. His hair, shaved. His shaved head, shaved beard. He's all buzzed down. He's got this this you know, he's he's got that old man Logan look to him. Um so it's like what what is going to happen? You know, and, and my my big fear is that we don't get closure with Rick because of the fact that, you know, I don't I don't think they have the goal to kill him off. Honestly. That's just me. I don't think they have the goal to kill him off. I think that we may Do you, see think, something they,
0: do you think they leave it open for him to be able to return?
2: I do, because it's something where, you know, I think maybe because, you know, we saw a lot of helicopters at the end of last season. There's just a lot of really open ended stories as to what these things could be. And then the first thing we see in images released are the Capitol. And so, you know, and they filmed at the Capitol in Atlanta and and they, you know, are are they heading back home? Are we going to get, uh, you know, a a ground zero? Are we going to have is there going to be something set up? Is, Is there um because I remember in the earlier seasons they went to uh, the 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 big office building. Um, what was it? the the Department of Health or whatever? Uh, the CDC. In DC, yeah, the yeah.
0: CDC and yeah, was, C- it was in was yeah. it Washington, yeah.
2: No, no, Atlanta. well, no, it, wasn't it was Washington. in Atlanta. It was Atlanta. Yeah. Yep. And and the dude was like, "I'm working on a cure, but this, that, and the other," and then he ends up blowing the building up, you know. And so. It's like, oh my God, was there like another location? Do they have a cure? Are they working on a cure? Is Rick the cure, and that's why he goes with the CDC, and they take him away on the helicopter, and then we just don't see him, but we are given solstice in the fact that his helicopter flying away. Like, is it, I, I think that that's a big thing that they need to focus on. Is Negan is going to be there, and I think having uh, you know, they're they're extending Norman Reedus's contract. He's getting a hefty pay raise because of the fact that one. Not gonna see Maggie, we're not gonna see Rick anymore. Thankfully, so the time you, need, jump-
0: you need some kind of some some kind of star power, basically.
2: Exactly. And thankfully with the time jump, we won't have to, you know, point out the flaw of Maggie not having a baby bump after four months. Like, I get it, it's a zombie apocalypse, there's no nutrients in your system, but you should at least be showing some signs of pregnancy. Um so thankfully, well hopefully we'll be past that, and hopefully she'll either have the baby or, you know, whatever will happen will be explained. Um but the the other rumor I heard was that since there is no Carl and there is potentially going to be no more Rick that we will see a lot of Carl and Rick's storylines kind of spoon fed to Daryl in the TV show. Uh, so we won't be able to expect or call out what may be happening as, as opposed to the X, Y, and Z of the comics. You know, everyone uh, called their shot more or less with um, Glenn getting the baseball bat, you know.
1: Now uh, so that
2: that's something to kind of I think look forward to.
1: Now, you know, here's here's one weird question you can say because you mentioned they are straying from the comic books. This is the first mm-hmm. time uh, you know, we had Fear the have Fear of the Walking Dead not had can't get yep. past tense on this one. Where it was a brand new universe, the brand new yep. characters that we're creating. You know, they put Morgan over there, obviously, for for to sprinkle a little, little uh T D uh, TWD dust on it. But mm-hmm. One thing and and fans might not know about, you know, some people might only just watch the TV show. One of the storylines that that was impending was the Whisperer storyline, where you had this group that walked around in in Walker skin and would just take over areas. And Rick, in his desperation, releases Negan, and Negan in in you know. Fuck it. We don't need to even say spoiler alerts anymore. Negan decapitates their leader and returns with Alpha. Alpha and just returns with the head to Rick. And it's like that's almost like the olive branch. The one thing that I honestly believe and Jeffrey Dean Morgan has said it and even Robert Kirkman has said it is that as much as Negan, you might think, hates Rick. He respects mm-hmm. the fuck out of him, and I think it has to do with the story, with the origins of Negan. You know, you have to remember Negan as a, a character was, you know, a high school athletics coach. Who, you know, if you if you haven't already, um, here's my plug for Barnes and Noble. Go to Barnes and Noble and pick up. <laughs> here's Negan. They have an awesome special edition that gives you a commemorative issue 100 where Negan was introduced and put put Lucille mm-hmm. up to 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 Glenn's dome. And popped his fucking eye right out of its socket. But (laughs) his backstory is really kind of sad in that here is this guy who's he's kind of a prick in real life. But, you know, he's got a wife that keeps him sane. She develops cancer. And, you know, she ends up turning at the beginning of this zombie apocalypse in the hospital. And, you know, he doesn't have the guts to put her down himself. He has someone else do it. He grabs a, you know, he gets a baseball bat because obviously being an athletics coach, but every person he comes in contact with up to a certain point dies because he seems to almost have a Morgan approach where I can survive, everyone else can't around me, which leads to his savior's complex. Now, do you think that they're going to, if something happens, maybe, you know, the theory of the, you know, CDC and maybe Rick is the cure is one thing. But if Rick just unfortunately dies in episode five, do you think Daryl, in all of his hatred, and especially with his alliance with Maggie against Rick at the end of season seven, or season eight, I'm sorry, uh, do you think that Daryl is crazy enough under certain circumstances to release Negan? And do you think characters like Michonne or Eugene or or father gabriel do you think they would go along with it or is negan a long term plan where it's like we don't let this genie out of the bottle until the season finale of 9
2: i think that we may see the tease of you know daryl letting him out at the mid season finale i think it's going to be something where um either rick gets into a situation like um cuz the the big thing to remember too is that there has been no Alpha or Beta casted in the news at all. Like Nobody's come out and nobody said anything. And so that's the big issue that a lot of people are like, oh, well, maybe we won't see the Whisper War arc. But they recently casted two people that do fit the profile of those characters. So I'm like, fingers crossed, Whisper War, like, come on, let's make it happen. Um, Because, you know, there's nothing more I'd like to see than, you know, Rick and Negan side by side, giving Carl that uh, you know that, that that dying wish of I want everything to be all right. You know he he had those those fever dreams, if you will, of Negan with his sister. It, it just it was it was one of those too good to be too uh, too good to be true things. But the bottom line is that I think that if something happens to Rick in in that episode and we get the the death scene, which uh, Andrew Lincoln already said that if he dies, he wants it to be at the hands of a kid. He wants it to be because of a kid you, you like me and you had talked about uh it would be kind of poetic you know the the series opens with him and that zombie girl and then it ends with a kid being the reason he gets essentially mauled by zombies um so it's, it's kind of a poetic ending and then just seeing daryl you know walk up and you just see the key in the door and then Negan look up in like the darkness of a corner and go well it's about time and then that's boom next season starts off, let's go. You know, the the second half of the mid season starts off, you know, I just, I think that could be, um, cause my, my big prediction was always Daryl was going to be the leader of the Saviors after Megan was gone. That was always my prediction was that I could see Daryl taking and running and leading the Saviors because, well, that's always been kind of his thing. He's always been the outlaw. They were the outlaws. So, um, that's, that's what I would like to see if, if, if that does happen and, <laughs> And Rick does bite the bullet in episode five. Do you think
1: that there's redemption for Negan? Uh, because, uh, Tommy, you, you know, with the governor, there was no redeeming qualities. Um, right. You know, he he manipulated every situation. I mean, this is a guy that took his, his closest confidant and put him in a room and, you know, stabbed him mortally. And then, you know, took Andrea and tied her up and was like, because of what you guys did together, I'm going to stab you so that you eat this bitch. And then I'm going to go take over to the prison. He had no redeeming qualities. He would just came off as a piece of shit. Do you think that there is redemption for Negan where you have Jeffrey Dean Morgan and, and Norman Reedus uh, kind of filling in that, I don't want to say bromance, but that, that teamwork that Rick and Daryl had, or do you think that this is one of those things where, you know they can try and change the comics all you want, but the real dynamic is is Andrew Lincoln and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and you're not going to be able to create, recreate that because, really, you know, and looking at it from a, a a pro wrestling skew, how many great tag teams have we seen split up and see those guys go? With other partners, and it it does not work. You know, there's only one Heart Foundation. There's only one Rockers. There's only one Midnight Express. There's only one Legion of Doom. uh there's only one Indie Card Mafia. Nudge, nudge. So it's like, <laughs> so it if, if honestly, it's it's like uh, a band. It's like your favorite band. It's like, you know, Metallica has had three basis, four basis now. Let me let me correct myself. Four bases now. Um, you know, the Rolling Stones have had members leave, but it's like the Beatles, it's like,
0: like Van, it's like Van Halen and Van Hagar, exactly. Molly
2: Molly Crew with John Carabi,
1: or or that chick who was drumming for Tommy Lee for that little while. You know, it's like yeah. you, there are very few characters and very few band members who can be replaced from a situation and have it work. Do you feel do, do, do you feel like it's possible that we get a Negan redemption story in nine? And then it's easily Daryl and Negan just two badass outlaws. Or do you think that this is a setup for a major heel turn?
0: So based upon conversation earlier, I feel like there is a redemption story there for Negan because it's shown that he does indeed have a heart, you know, it shows that he can care about something. And I think with, with Andrew Lincoln leaving it, it does leave a huge hole, but I feel like Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Norman Reedus have enough star power to fill that gap. And while it's not going to be, you know, super can it, it's already not super canon, but with it not being, you know, as canon to the comic, to the graphic novel already, I don't think it'll be too much of an issue, but I feel like season nine won't be enough time to define that, maybe maybe give it into season ten you know mid season eleven, and we'll see how that how that dynamic is that there's there's definitely something there to redeem Negan and I feel like we'll see it uh, maybe not the first half of the season but the second
1: and you have to remember I mean uh, metrics based on merchandise sales uh, until season until the end of season six, let's be honest, how many uh, I'm a Daryl Dixon girl or if Daryl dies, we riot T-shirts or, it, it, you know, as much as Andrew Lincoln's Rick Grimes has been hyped on merchandise, you know, you can go into Hot Top Spencer's, FYE, wherever, you know, there's 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 Rick Grimes merchandise. But really, it's been, you know, centered around Daryl Dixon.
0: So Daryl is you know, absolutely the draw. Daryl is the draw of the show.
1: Daryl was the draw until you had uh, a, an even bigger personality come in, and when Jeffrey Dean Morgan stepped out of that RV in, you know, the season finale of Six, and you know he was like, "Y'all pissed your pants yet?" And you know he goes on that you know thirteen minute soliloquy, if you will. Uh, to quote the American right. Dream, Duffy both. And he goes on that tangent and just lets everyone know these are the new rules. Literally within a week and a half, it was like, I'm a Negan girl. It's like, it, it's almost, it's almost like going from Batman to Joker. It's like, you want to, you love Batman, but then all of a sudden it's like, you want to be Harley Quinn for this Joker
2: dude. And in, it, in wrestling terms, it was John Cena and CM Punk. Let's just be honest. Let's just call it the way it is. I well, mean, if Negan, want, draw that, Negan draw that, Negan stepped comparison. in and was like, hey, I, I know you're really good at what you do, but guess what? People know who I am from other things. I'm going to take the top spot
1: <laughs> and and take the top spot. He did. And when I heard that Jeffrey Dean Morgan was cast much like everyone else, you know, cause there are, there are two people, all right. There are two kinds of people prior to his introduction in season six. There are those people that knew him as the comedian in Watchmen. And there are those people that knew him as Denny in Grey's Anatomy. And
0: and, I think you could even say I think you said there's three because there's people who knew him as the father from Supernatural. All
1: right. You know what? We'll go with three. But still, two out of those three are female based, you know, female centric based. And it's like, I know I'm going to take so much heat for it's like. Did Dan really just bring up fucking Grey's Anatomy on his goddamn yeah, podcast? You absolutely did. I don't give a I'm fuck. I'm all about it. Grey's Anatomy is a fucking great show. That's another one that's, that's lasted for 14 that, fucking seasons.
2: That show is certified. Dan, Dan, I don't secretly
0: care has a, Dan secretly has a McDreamy t shirt hanging in his closet right now.
1: <laughs> Actually, I'm a, I'm a Sloan guy. Um. <laughs> McDreamy was cool but he lost me after transformers 3 but you know <laughs> and it's all based on merchandise and fucking walking dead has made a lot of money off of a lot of negan merchandise and as sad as it's going to be to see rick grimes go i almost want to see the ripple effect of the character leaving because and and the trailer showed it and we you know we've all seen the trailer in this time jump It's it appears that stuff is at least harmonious enough where there's trade going on. Uh, There's scenes of them going to the Capitol and getting wagons so that they can do transport. It appears like they're going to at least 1700s esque America, except they've got assault weapons and Eugene's pickle loving brain. But (laughs) the one thing that gets me about this is, you know, you you can't you can't feud with someone. You can't have this blood hatred. You can't spill blood and then have that all go away. And that's something that's alluded to because you have the sanctuary is it, still up and running. And although it's under the watchful eye of like Rosita and a couple of other people, they still have there still has to be this us versus them about this whole thing until we have someone like the whispers showing up now, you know, going on an on an entire thing. Do the ends justify the means in that we'll get along with you because we need to, or is it we'll get along with you until we have a chance to fucking kill you because of what you previously did? I mean, you Abraham is dead. So Rosita's got to have fucking hatred for that. You know, uh, Father Gabriel is fucking blind now. Uh, They lost Carl. you know maggie and daryl and jesus at the end of season eight made a pretty much made a pact at hilltop where it's like we're gonna let them build up and then we're gonna fucking take down rick grimes because of glenn it's like do you think that the characters by the end of season nine will have another threat or do you think they are the threat to themselves do you think the cohesion won't last and all rick grimes's death will be on everyone's hands and not just the hands of maybe a little girl on the highway or maggie
2: I think that what we're going to see here is we're going to see the honeymoon phase ending. I think that's really what the end of the time jump is going to be. You know, the honeymoon phase of post-Negan to episode, I would say, two. Episode two of season nine is, I think, when shit is really going to start hitting the fan. Um, I think blood is going to end up being on everyone's hands but Negan, which is going to lead Negan to say, you know what? I'm going to do what I do best, and that's sick. And that's when Negan's going to start either you're, you're gonna see Negan more or less try to take up the, the helm of, of Rick Grimes and be like Absolutely you know what? that's my you killed, Rick, you killed Rick and Rick saved my life. You know, I may not have gotten along with the man, but the man was my friend. And I think the big turning point for Negan for me, and this is this is the big problem that I had with last season, was that it made me hate Rick Grimes so much and it made me appreciate negan it, like he 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 kind of made his tweener turn if you will for me he 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 showed caring and compassion he showed that he really did want this to be over and this the bullshit to be done you know when when rick walked him and said carl's dead and negan just paused and you could see it in his eyes he was genuinely upset you know he was <laughs> upset that the kid was gone because he knew that kid was the future. It's not Rick Grimes. It's not Negan. It's
0: the kids. The kids are the future. They're absolutely. they're going to like, be what? Perfect, they're going to be the perfect trend. example. Is his interactions with Carl like say enough?
1: Absolutely. I was just about to say, yo, Tommy, go on, a, go on a tangent about this. One.
0: Oh, I I absolutely can't. I I don't know enough personally. But what I have seen was his interactions with Carl, like. They, they show exactly what Eric was talking about. He has a heart. He has compassion. Like, he knew. He knew not only how much Carl meant to Rick, but how much Carl meant to the entire camp.
2: Most importantly, so, to, to expand on what Tommy just said, one of my favorite moments of Carl and Negan was when Carl snuck onto the back of the truck and snuck in. And Negan had the opportunity because he was outgunned, outmanned, outnumbered. It was literally a kid against an army. And Negan could have sent him back in a fucking box and said, "You know what, Rick? You wanted a fucking war. Here's your kid. By the way, he's a fucking walker now. That's on your hands." No, instead he said, "Go ahead. This is your kid. You can have him back." He actually brought up some pretty good fucking points, Rick. Made him like, that and that was just one of those moments where it was just like. Oh my god, Negan's actually not that bad of a dude. He's Negan's, he Negan's
0: a, he a human being with compassion and a heart. He could have easily, you know, killed the kid, you know, sent him back in a body bag or I guess a box, like you said, and that yeah. would have been the end of it. And he would have been the biggest bastard in the universe.
1: And, and you have, but, oh but no. go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, Tommy. I know,
0: but but no, like he he you know gave him back to Rick. He he let him have his kid because You know, like you said earlier, Negan himself, you know, a family man.
1: And that 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 went in season seven because we we were made to believe and we were we were scripted to believe that Negan was this uber piece of shit. And they did several episodes where you got to see the inner workings of the sanctuary. And people were like, why are we doing an hour and a half episode on the inner workings of the sanctuary? Because when you dissect something psychologically or when you you look at something and you're trying to figure out what makes this thing tick, they never went back and did a black and gray episode about the backstory of Negan like they did with Mm -hmm. with fucking Morgan. They never went Mm -hmm. back and did flashbacks like they did for Michonne and showing that the reason she she had two walkers on leashes and was such a bad bitch was because, you know, her husband got fucking high and their kid got eaten by a fucking walker. You know, they never did that but the little things that they did was why do you think Negan had his harem? Well, I'm sure he liked to fuck. Okay. He's a guy, he's got a dick and he's got testosterone. He's going to put, you know, P to B, but he was trying to repopulate because he, he even let his guys and, and girls fuck because he Mm -hmm. knew himself. He was like, children are an asset. People are a fucking commodity. And if we have them awesome, if he could Genghis Khan that shit and have a couple himself, Great, but Carl he looked at as an absolute equal, and I think because we have to go back to his real backstory in the comic books of him being this coach, he he was a he wanted to be that mentor because he already knew Carl had a father. Yep. You can't raise a kid that's already got a father. You can mentor, you can suggest shit. You know, fucking, he's the little serial killer that he knew was going to be this great fucking leader. But you're right, Rick's bullshit got him killed and when Negan said you know that's on you dude you can't blame this shit on me you're right there is that moment where you're like is Rick Grimes becoming the fucking it's almost like the Bret Hart heel turn of 1997 it's like Stone Cold Steve Austin walked out with a leather vest in 96 and you know he became Stone Cold and he was stomping mud holes and middle fingers and drinking beer and fuck you and and anti-establishment and then all of us sat back and we were like you know the guy that's supposed to be the good guy is acting like a cunt. And um, I kind of agree with the bald dude. Who's drunk right now. It's like, you so, and, and the ripple effect of how this is going to affect everyone, because you have these, these secondary characters and I'm not calling Michonne a secondary character, but how is someone like that going to deal with the death of Rick Grimes? She's already lost so much. She lost Carl She's gonna end up becoming a mother uh in, in many ways to Judith, but it's like she's gonna lose the guy that she loves. And in the comics, um, she ends up with King Ezekiel, but that's because Rick kind of loses his mind. Do you think they're yeah. going to say, Well, she he's dead, so now she's gonna take Judith and go to the kingdom where it's safer? Or do you think that you know it's gonna they're gonna they're gonna start hashing shit out where it's like no, she's gonna become the
2: revenge-driven widow. I feel like, I feel like what we're gonna see, and I, I actually to go along with your point, um, I'm actually gonna backtrack a little bit, but um to go along with your point, I think that uh, we may see a scene where Rick tells her, "You need to get out of here. This is about to go south fast." She says, "No, I don't want to go. I want to stay with you."